Greetings and welcome to the Sweet Spot podcast with author Marcia Scott. This month's podcast will consist of a wide array of questions sent from some of my mentees and ministry members. They submitted some amazing questions. I'm going to attempt to provide authentic answers. Let's take a look. Question. How do you manage betrayal from someone close to you, but you still need to interact with? Answer. Pray for answers as to why the betrayal occurred. This will determine how you should respond, keeping in mind that God is the true discerner of the intents of the heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He will either lead you on the pathway to restoration or give you the wisdom you need to protect yourself from an unrepentant person. I've personally always trusted God for these answers. There are times that I've wanted to cut people off. God in his infinite wisdom would show me why I needed to continue to engage while guarding my heart. There are also times that I so love people that I was intent on working through the issues that led to the betrayal. God made it very clear to me that this would work towards my career, ministry, or relational demise. I promise to give an authentic answer. This is how I navigated betrayal. I took my hurt, confusion, and pain to the master. I laid on the chest of the breasted one. He didn't leave me there without answers, without a plan, without discernment, and most importantly, grace to forgive. Also, if this is a work relationship, go into the office prayed up every single day. God will speak to you through his word. Check out my devotional, The Secret is in the Sauce. I have a devotional entitled, Peep a Snake. Next question. Is it possible to overcome infidelity in your relationship? Answer. Again, I believe God is the true discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This is a loaded question. I would suggest those seeking an answer consult God in prayer for truth and real discernment regarding the person caught in the entanglement. He knows if they are truly repentant currently or will become repentant in the future. Also, I believe a person should counsel with their spiritual leader and a professional counselor. With that being said, I have seen couples overcome infidelity. I've watched them do the work to find the holes, weaknesses, and trouble spots in themselves and their relationships only to come back better, stronger, and get this, go on to counsel, help, and minister to other couples. This process will take a huge amount of work and will be much easier if done via fasting and prayer. Question, is pastoral counseling before marriage really necessary? Answer, pastoral counseling and regular therapy may both benefit. I'll say this, we spend years in college, trade school, cosmetology school, or seminary prepping for our professional careers. Yet we spend 15 minutes in premarital counseling, thus the high divorce rate. I am being sarcastic on purpose. Seriously though, we need real skill, knowledge, and the word of God to navigate becoming one with another person. You have two people that are to merge. Yes, we need lots of preparation. I recommend marital counseling. Question. 
What do you do when you're in love with someone who you know is not good for you, but you can't let them go? Answer. You stay there until you're so broken, beat down, lost, depressed, oppressed, beat up, and damaged that you eventually choose to walk away or literally die in it. I think you get my drift. What I am saying to you is that some people are so entangled in toxic relationships that they literally cannot walk away. If you are at the point that you want out but don't know how to get out, whisper a prayer. Say, God, get me out of this. Now get ready. Let the games begin. It's about to get interesting. Your way of escape will be one that you will never forget. Why? So you never enter into another relationship that you should not be in, that you know is not good for you. You won't do it ever again. Ask me how I know. God knows how to get you out. He knows how to keep you from going back. And he's so awesome. He knows how to prevent you from repeating the pattern. It's called pain. There are many who are simply caught up. There is nothing your heart, body, or mind is so entrenched in that God can't reach you. I do get it. It's hard to say no, let go, and walk away. Here are a few practical steps that you can take. Come to terms with the fact that being alone will not kill you. Cling to your man or woman of God. Your pastor has a word in his mouth or her mouth that will help keep you moving through the transition. Freedom comes day by day, step by step, and minute by minute. Keep moving forward despite how you feel. Consider counseling to ascertain why you are attracted to situations that are not good for you. Also seek out strategies that will keep you from getting sucked back into negativity. Question. What are strategies to manage grief and loss in a healthy way? Answer. I would like to refer you to seek a professional grief counselor or read up on how to deal with grief. There are real steps and information that will aid you through the process. I do suggest that you embrace grieving. Seek out healthy strategies so you can avoid your grief manifesting in unhealthy behaviors or coping mechanisms. Question. What is the best way to show unconditional love and support to a gay family member, even though you don't agree with the person's lifestyle or the person I've chosen to be in a relationship with? Answer. I think it's key to do just that. Show unconditional love and support to your family. Set boundaries that you feel comfortable with and share those boundaries with your family member. Love should make you both respect those boundaries. Question. What do you do when someone ghosts you? Meaning they go missing without giving you the courtesy of a reason or explanation. Answer. My first response is to tell you to break out into a dance, sis. Although I think I'd want to know, like, why? Just to gain a little closure. I'd follow up with a text, voice note, or voicemail. If I didn't get a response, I'd pray and ask God if he just saved me from Freddy Krueger, Jeffrey Dahmer, or the Midnight Strangler. Yep, sis, then I dance. 
Question, submission to husband or authorities. Why is that such a struggle? Answer, it goes back to the curse. God punished Eve because she engaged Satan and ate the forbidden fruit. Part of her punishment, according to Genesis, is that she would have to come under the direction of her husband. Also, that she would always want to come out from under that and want to be in control. That's the spiritual side. There could be many reasons why it's hard for a woman to submit to her husband. Here's a few. He's not a strong natural or spiritual leader. It's really hard to follow a man that's not taking you anywhere. And if he is, maybe his methods for explaining or executing the vision exclude you, undervalue you, or demean you. I recommend going to God for help, sis. The head of every woman is man, according to scripture, but the head of every man is God. You have a resource if things are not set up right. Women are very strong leaders, gifted in every way. I think it's key to find your lane, your areas to lead, etc. For example, I lead in the area of family finance, planning and execution. I feel I have leadership responsibilities within the relationship. I am a viable asset to our team. So I don't sweat the small stuff when he attempts to lead. We submit to one another in many cases. It's important to know you don't have to fight and win every battle. Question, how to trust after the trust has been broken? Answer, the person that broke the trust must show consistent trustworthy behavior for the same amount of time, if not more, that they spent breaking the injured party's trust. Avoid the get over it mentality. It will take time to repair and rebuild trust. There are no quick fixes. You have to show the person via consistent behavior that you have changed. This will help them heal. Pray to. There are some wounds that only God and time can heal. No cap. Question. How to recognize true love? Answer. Jesus Christ died for your sins. That's love. If the person ain't dying for you, Watch the behaviors. It ain't love, sis. I'm just saying. It's a simple but loaded answer. Look for the sacrifice. People who love you will sacrifice for you. This is in any relationship. They'll be willing to lay down self in order to care for you. Watch out for the narcissists who are incapable of love. Question. How to deal with rejection. Joyce Myers has a wonderful book called The Root of Rejection. This book transformed my life and thinking. I highly recommend it for all. Also, a real quick practical tip, bask in the word of God. Every scripture you can find regarding God's love for you and what he says about you. Meditating on the word will build you back up after you've experienced rejection. Of course, you know I recommend seeking God for spiritual intel. Ask God if you need to remove yourself from the source of the rejection. In many cases, you cannot. So ask him how to navigate. Read a psalm a day. Psalms help you express some of your craziest emotions to God via prayer and devotion. Question. 
How to keep focused in trying times. Answer. I will get a word immediately. As soon as the trial hits your life, whether you retrieve direction from God, from your pastor's Sunday sermon, your favorite TV preacher, or the Bible itself, write down exactly what God is saying about your situation. Then hold on to that word for dear life. It will take you through your storm. It will keep you anchored. What is God saying about my situation right now? How is this working for my good? Romans 8 and 28. This is what you need downloaded from heaven. You need answers. Keep this seek and search on repeat. The Holy Spirit will walk you through your time of testing. Partner with Holy Spirit so you can pass through this time of testing. Question. Balancing responsibilities and relationships. Answer. I don't know about this one. I'm still working on this myself. My husband and I are both in ministry. It's always off the charts. I work full-time too. One thing we do do is clear the calendar to show up at each other's ministry assignments. We support each other. We are like peanut butter and jelly, stuck together. I think it's wise not to overload your schedule to the point that you can't show up undistracted for those you love. This includes relationships with your children, extended family, and friendships. Work your calendar to ensure it reflects quality time with all those you love. Be creative. Question. Will preachers ever focus more on men looking for Ruth, ready to be fathers, and ready for marriage? Answer. I don't know. Women tend to meet, emote, talk via women's ministry. In some churches, the men's ministry is barely existent. I hope the men are engaging one-on-one so that these type of topics can be taught and discussed. Maybe consider suggesting to your pastor or head deacon that this type of ministry would be beneficial. Okay, I'm going to pause right here and I'm going to take you to the sweet spot because as I'm sitting here and I'm doing the podcast, uh, something hit my spirit as I answered this question that I didn't type within the script. I think one of the reasons why men don't put as much emphasis on finding Ruth is because men men are hunters. Men are created to be the head and take dominion. And so I think that their focus primarily is getting the career, providing the house, uh, putting themselves in a position to uh, be able to acquire the means to support a family. Um, Men are about sports and, and, and kicking it with the fellas And for some reason, I never note that men are just really depressed and down and struggling. Even the single men men that are walking in integrity and not just trying to sow their royal oats and run women and, you know, you know, be free and live the bachelor's life. But there are some saved young men that I know right in my church that are single, that are not tripping over singleness and relationships like women do. And... Um, I don't know if it's because we've played with Barbies since we were young. We were taught in the nursery rhymes and the Disney movies that we are the sleeping beauty waiting for our wonderful prince to show up, kiss us on the lips so we can finally wake up to our wonderful, beautiful, happily ever after storybook princess life with him. Men aren't taught that. Men are playing with trucks. Men are playing with Legos. They building stuff. 
So sis, if I could just stop and take you to the sweet spot, this is also found in my book, The Secret is in the Sauce. Please don't be a sleeping beauty. Please don't buy into this concept that we are to sit around waiting for them to find us. Although we do need to prepare like Esther, we need to bask in the oils and we need times and seasons of preparation for our king. But if that's all that we're doing, if we have tunnel vision and if we're oppressed and and depressed about the fact that he hasn't showed up to kiss me and wake me up to life. Men are about life. They're about that life, right? We need to be about life. We need to be about that life, that purpose-driven life. What is it that God has for me? I should be so caught up in becoming. And listen, I'm not talking about chasing the bag and getting the coin and, you know, in my grind and my hustle and starting a business, although that has its place. I'm talking about finding yourself dead smack in the center of purpose because that's where you're going to find your purpose partner and you want to find him dead smack in the middle of purpose so you can see if your purpose coincides, if it collides, if it's meant for your destiny. But because BET and, you know, Fatal Affair, the new movie out on Netflix and everything we sit down and watch, every romantic Harlequin book and Everything back to Judy Bloom when we were teenagers, everything, every commercial, everything is telling us as women that we are to be found. We are in the wait. We need, you know, Prince Charming. I'm telling you, create your own charm. Create your own black girl magic. Do your thing, sis, right? Be about purpose. Be about God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and that purpose partner will be added unto you. I do pray and I am concerned that our brothers, our men of God, men of integrity will stand up and bring our young brothers underneath their wings and teach them and tutor them on how to be men, you know, how to prep for marriage, um, how to be fathers. And we're going to push for that. We're going to pray for that. But at the same time, I just wanted to deposit in you what God just deposited in me as I was sitting here that I think we do the opposite extreme. We talking about Boaz too much. I want to know, did you get your master's? I want to know, did you go to cosmetology school? I want to know, are you building your clientele? I want to know how much time a day do you spend in prayer and in your word? And are you a spiritual beast that can drop knowledge and spit scripture to this younger generation? Who are you mentoring spiritually? All right. Because again, once you get smack dab in the middle of purpose, purpose will find you. I tell my mentees in my book that purpose is a magnet, right? When you're in purpose, you're going to draw and attract to you everything that you need to complete purpose, especially Boaz. All right. So let's move on to the next question. All right. One of my daughters sent me this. I thought it was so cute. I am going to answer it. The question, how to kiss a guy? Answer, don't. After all, We are in the midst of a pandemic. After the pandemic, ask God if the guy is your purpose prince, the person assigned to your life to help you walk out God's purpose, or if the guy is a frog, then carry on accordingly. Question, how will I know if I made the right decision about choosing the right job or career? Answer, Looking back, I wish I had known that one's career is a combination of twists and turns, not a straight path. As part of this journey, there will be failure that may seem overwhelming, but it's part of the learning process. 
and those life lessons are incredibly valuable. My advice to every young woman would be to recognize that the choices you make in your 20s won't dictate your entire career and that embracing failure and the bumps in the road will ultimately make you a stronger and more resilient individual. Question. Am I okay the way I am? Answer. Be secure in yourself and who you are. Learn what you love about yourself, what you love to do, who you want to be around, and then don't settle. Anything that is outside of what you want in your life, reject it. Question. Do I need to know more about growing up than just saving money? Answer. I wish I knew the importance of building good credit and creating financial stability early on for yourself. Also, that it's okay to be a strong woman with dreams and aspirations and don't let time or society diminish them. Lastly, the importance of not seeking validation from anyone but yourself, no matter what it is. Question. We live in such a diverse culture and society. Should I be concerned about people in my life as well as my finances? Answer. I agree with learning about credit and saving and investing at a young age, and also the importance of being in a relationship and friendship with people who are Christians or people who understand your religion and won't try to tell you that your beliefs are wrong. I hope that you have enjoyed this question and answer session with author Marcia Scott. I love to continue the conversation. If you'd like to dig deeper into these topics, please email me at authormarshascott at yahoo.com. Thank you for joining the Sweet Spot Podcast. This is episode four. If you'd like to seed into Author Marsha Scott, please use Cash App, dollar sign, Lady Marsha.